Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to the Grand Columbia Gold Q1 2020 Results Conference Call. My name is John and I will be your operator for today's call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session. During the question and answer session, if you do have a question, press star than one on your touchtone phone. Please note the conference is being recorded. Now I'll turn the call over to Mike Davies. Great. Thank you, John. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for the Grand Columbia and Caldas Gold first quarter 2020 results webcast. With me on the webcast this morning is our CEO, Lombardo Paredes, and as is customary, I will first go through our prepared remarks regarding our performance in 2020, and then Lombardo will be available as we open things up for the Q&A session. Before we proceed with the presentation, I would first like to draw your attention to our legal disclaimer regarding forward-looking statements that may be made by us during the webcast this morning. And as we get started, let me first introduce you to Caldas Gold, our new publicly listed subsidiary. We completed the RTO transaction with Blue Nose at the end of February and commenced trading on the TSX Venture Exchange on February 28th. Caldas currently has a market cap of $93 million, $14 million of cash in the bank at the end of March, and no debt. The PFS is on track, and we're working behind the scenes on our financing options to build Columbia's next major gold mine. Drilling is continuing in 2020, setting us up for a solid reserve for the PFS, and has recently discovered a new zone which opens the possibility for further resource expansion. We're also proud to say that Caldas Gold, much like Grand Columbia, will have a sincere focus on health, education, community, and the environment. And we have already commenced our early stage ESG programs in this regard. As we all know, the world has been dealing with unprecedented times since we had our 2019 year-end webcast at the end of March. At Grand Columbia and Caldas Gold, we implemented our business continuity plan in March in response to the national quarantine which went into effect in Colombia on March 25th and remains in effect. We have been successful in keeping our operations going at Segovia and Marmato, albeit with fewer workers in the first half of April at Segovia and most of April at Marmato, as restrictions on the movement of people from the surrounding communities to the mine sites has been a challenge. Our people have been very engaged at the municipal level throughout and our procedures at the mine sites, checking temperatures, sanitizing, training miners and mining operations personnel about the proper social distancing and other measures have all helped to keep our workers safe and keep our operations going. Equally important has been our support for the communities in which our people live and we operate. Both companies have made donations to local hospitals to create critical care units and provide essential medical equipment and supplies. Partnering with our local foundation, Angelitos de Luz, we have provided over 24,000 meal kits to economically affected families in Segovia, Remedios, Marmado, Supia, and Rio Sucio. In Segovia, we've also provided clean water to the community. 
All in all, we are very proud of the manner in which our people have risen to the occasion and responded during COVID-19. Last Friday, we were pleased to report another solid quarter of operating and financial results. In the first quarter, Grand Columbia reported new highs for quarterly revenue and adjusted EBITDA, which led to adjusted net income of $21 million, up 60% over the first quarter last year. Grand Columbia's cash flow metrics also showed in significant improvement over the first quarter of last year. Caldas Gold's first quarterly results as a public company were muddied by the RTO accounting, the recognition of share-based compensation expense for initial grant of long-term incentive plan awards to management and employees, and costs incurred to commence the optimization program in the existing upper mining operation. But most importantly, though, Caldas Gold is now in operation and the actions required to achieve the longer-term strategic goals to create shareholder value at Marmato are all underway. Financial results at Caldas Gold are expected to improve as the financial year progresses. Over the next few slides, we'll take a closer look at the results we reported last Friday. For the most part, our production in the first quarter of 2020 was solid, with Segovia remaining above the 50,000 ounce level for the fifth consecutive quarter, and Marmato came in just under 6,000 ounces for its first quarter. As we announced on April 14th, the national quarantine adversely affected our workforce through the first half of the month. And by mid-April, Segovia was back to about 95% of its complement and produced 11,400 ounces of gold in April. At Marmato, getting access to workers was more of a challenge since the majority of our workers come from outside the municipality of Marmato. As such, the Marmato mine was limited to about 533 tons per day of material, about 50% of normal in April, resulting in 1,202 ounces for the month. The situation is improving as we speak, and we are expecting to see improvement in Marmato in May. At Segovia, we processed an average of 1,284 tons per day in the first quarter of 2020, with an average head grade of 14.9 grams per ton. Now, Silencio's production was down in the first quarter of this year, as head grades in the contract minor areas were lower than the first quarter of last year. Sandra Kay, on the other hand, has been making a bigger contribution since the middle of last year. The implementation of the national quarantine did place some limitations on our workforce in the final week of the quarter, but we maintained our mill throughput with uh, lower grade stockpiles available to us on site. At Marmato, production in Q1 was hampered by a temporary shortfall in explosives in January and also the national quarantine in the final week of March. In February, we had provided guidance for both operations for 2020. And given that the national quarantine in Columbia is still continuing, and although we are in operation, we're waiting until we get more confidence that operations have resumed to full normal before providing an update on this year's annual guidance. Our quarterly revenue surpassed the $100 million mark for the first time this quarter. A continuing rise in spot gold prices boosted our realized re revenue to an average of $1,570 per ounce of gold. We also saw our gold sales volumes in the first quarter pick up the unsold dory from the end of 2019 from the holiday shutdown period at the refinery. With gold prices generally near or above $1,700 per ounce so far in the second quarter, this will help to offset some of the cash flow impact of April's lower production. 
Overall, our consolidated total cash cost was $667 per ounce in the first quarter this year, down from $685 in the fourth quarter of 2019, but up from the first quarter of 2019. Two things to note. First, at Segovia, the first quarter 2019 cost cost per ounce was lower than typical as a result of the very high-grade material we processed for several weeks at the Providencia mine. Segovia's $607 per ounce cash cost in the first quarter of 2020 is actually an improvement on the cash cost for the final three quarters of 2019 and is expected to see further improvement as the Colombian peso continues to hover around the 3,900 level and above relative to the U.S. dollar so far this quarter. The second thing to note is that Marmato's cash cash cost in the first quarter of 2020 includes about $70 per ounce related to the implementation of the mine optimization as envisioned in the PEA with additional short-term spending on mine design, mine planning, and training, as well as incremental operating development to open up areas for production in the transitional zone. The explosive shortfall, which impacted January's production, also increased January's fixed costs on a per ounce basis, affecting the average for the quarter. Our all-in sustaining cost decreased to $890 per ounce in the first quarter of this year, and our all-in costs were $978 per ounce. Our all-in cost included an investment in non-sustaining CapEx of $3 million, equivalent to about $47 per ounce, to acquire an agricultural operation that resides within our Segovia Remedios title and comprises several farms, including a fruit and ornamental tree nursery, a cacao plantation, and a pig farm, all of which Grand Columbia is incorporating in its development of sustainable community programs in its ESG strategy at Segovia. At Marmato, non-sustaining CapEx included $2.6 million to carry out additional drilling at Marmato along with the PFS work. With gold prices rising further in 2020, you can see that the gap between revenue and all-in cost per ounce widened in the first quarter, a key driver behind our free cash growth. And with the new high in quarterly revenue in the first quarter of 2020, we also reached a new high in quarterly adjusted EBITDA of $50 million. Our trailing 12 months adjusted EBITDA now stands at about $162 million, about 10% higher than last year. That means we're currently trading at about 1.7 times EBITDA in the current market. Cash flow metrics in the first quarter of 2020 also benefited from the higher gold prices and gold ounces sold. As of the end of the quarter, our trailing 12 months operating cash flow was up about 12% over last year to $115 million, and our trailing 12 months free cash flow was $67 million, up about 11% over last year. In February, we completed a private placement for about $30 million US, and on March 31st, we used $22 million of the proceeds to redeem 30% of the gold notes, bringing their principal outstanding down to about $45 million at the end of the first quarter. Depending on the gold price, we expect to save more than $4 million in debt service over the balance of this year alone with the early redemption. Grand Columbia's cash position improved to $86 million at the end of March, and together with Caldas Gold's cash of $14 million, our consolidated cash position stood at about $100 million at the end of March. Caldas Gold has no debt, and the quarterly amortizing payment at the end of April 
has further reduced Grand Columbia's gold notes to approximately 41 million outstanding as of today. With the private placement in February and some warrant conversions, our issued and outstanding common shares now stands at 61.3 million. With warrants options in the convertible debentures, our fully diluted total is about 89.4 million. Like most issuers, we've seen our share price rebound following the mid-March collapse due to the COVID-19 pandemic announcement, and our market cap is currently about $380 million. Last week, we made a bold move and announced that we had signed an agreement to acquire GoldX, and we were making a proposal to acquire Guyana Goldfields. I'd like to cover some high-level comments over the next few slides as a backdrop as to why we put this M&A transaction into play. We felt we were uniquely positioned to create a high-growth, LATAM-focused intermediate gold producer where value would be created for shareholders of all parties involved. With our proven operating and mine-building experience in Latin America and access to one of the largest undeveloped gold deposits in the Americas through GoldX, we saw an opportunity to unlock tremendous synergies by connecting Toro, Peru with Guyana Goldfield's Aurora project. The vision was the creation of a high-growth intermediate gold producer with several producing mines and three major growth projects, significant reserves and resources, and a platform to rapidly double our annual production. Our premise was to unlock immediate and substantial synergies by combining Toro Peru's substantial mineral resources with the processing capability at Aurora and be in production within six months, more than two years ahead of a Toro Peru standalone operating scenario. Given our team's prior exploration and mine building experience in the Venezuelan side of the Guyana Greenstone Shield, we felt this path would give us time required to study the underground mine at Aurora and develop an appropriate plan to bring it into production and profitability. The payoff with this proposal was a clear pathway to 500,000 ounces of gold a year, with the initial increase coming from Toro, Peru, followed by Aurora Underground, and later on Marmado. The proposed transaction was expected to be highly accretive to our combined net asset value based on analyst consensus values, possibly higher when you factor in where gold is today and would have set us up nicely if gold goes on a run. And overall, we saw the proposal as a compelling re-rate opportunity where shareholders of all three companies were poised to benefit in the appreciation in Grand Columbia's stock price. Now, I say all this in the past tense as we've all seen Silver Corp's increased bid over the weekend, along with the news of a secret all-cash bid from another party. We're currently digesting the latest development, and we still believe wholeheartedly that Grand Columbia's proposal, as presented to the shareholders of Guyana Goldfields, represents the best opportunity to position themselves as part of a gold-focused intermediate producer with a proven track record. The Board of Guyana Goldfields has spoken, and now it rests with the hands of the shareholders of Guyana Goldfields to determine what comes next. We recognize that there may be many questions awaiting us in the Q&A portion of this morning's webcast regarding this proposal. However, let me say up front that we aren't in a position to say much more at this time out of respect for the rules surrounding these types of processes and not wanting to conjecture on any matters that are not already in the public realm nor already within our scope of knowledge. 
So with that being said, John, we'd like to now open the Q&A session. Thank you. Now begin the question and answer session. If you do have a question, press star than one on your touchtone phone. If you wish to be removed from the queue, please press the pound sign or the hash key. If you're using a speakerphone, you may need to pick up the handset first before pressing the numbers. Once again, if you have a question, press star than one on your touchtone phone. And our first question is from Sidra Jeet from Fundamental Resource. Your line is open. Go ahead with your question. Hello. Hello. Hello, Sidra. Your line Hello. is open. You can go ahead with your question. Congratulations, gentlemen. Mike, uh, since you mentioned that um, you don't want to talk too much about the transaction, do you mind giving us more color on the current capacity of, I mean, operating capacity of Segovia and Mermado? What are they currently operating at? <clears throat> the, the capacity at Segovia is 1,500 tons a day. Um, Marmato is at 1,200 tons a day. Um, Lombardo, did you want to mention sort of where we are in terms of production at this point with both projects given the, the quarantine in Colombia? In Segovia, in Segovia the, 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 the plate capacity of the, of the mill after the expansion is 1,500 tons per day. In Marmato, it's around 1,200 tons per day. And, um, and with that, uh, we are oh, we are planning to produce uh, in Segovia this year around uh, around 220,000 ounces of gold. And in Marmato, we are planning to we are planning to produce uh, 35,000 ounces of gold. Of course, the the, the pandemic situation maybe will uh, will will change that a little bit, but we do not expect that the changes that are going to be great. In uh, in um, we, as you know, we are, we are doing a lot of exploration, a lot of exploration in in, uh, in in Segovia, and that will put us in much better position next year to next year to increase the production. In Marmato, you know, we we have the the, the project is a close to 300 million investment. It's uh, the expansion of the upper mine, a new mine, uh, a new mine in deep deep Marmato. And the intention is for two, for 2023, you know, half a, half a capacity in place of 150,000 ounces of gold. That is our plans for Segovia and for Segovia and Okay. Pretty Great. much. Thanks. Pretty much every parameter looked good in Q1 except. Expect rates to be this year. Sorry, Sid, you, you blanked out for a second there. Everything looked good except for? Except for the head grades at Segovia. And yeah, the head, the head grades. Yeah. 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 No, Sorry, the, go ahead. As we, when we gave our initial guidance this year, um, we said that the grades for Segovia, given um, the mix of material coming and adding in some additional workplaces, we, we guided this year that Segovia's grade was going to be about 13 to 15 grams per ton. Uh, certainly, where we've come in yeah. at the first quarter uh, at about 14.9 is in the upper end of that, and we're we're still holding to our our grade expectation for the year. 
Sounds good. Thank you so much, Mike. All right. Our next um, question. Go ahead. Is with um, from Derek McPherson from Red Cloud Securities. Morning, Michael Lombardo, and congratulations on, an, on another solid quarter. Um, looking a little bit ahead uh, and, and focused on Marmato. Uh, obviously, you guys have started to to incur some of the costs of the optimization program associated with the the PEA. Um, when do you expect to see some of the benefits uh, translate into into the operations? Uh, I guess including sort of uh, the impact of current, the COVID? Well, in Marmato, um, right now we are dedicated to, you know, implement the, implement the PEA and, and uh, for the recommendation made by, by SRK in relation with my optimization. First thing, uh, to improve, you know, the to develop the levels 21 of 22 of the so-called transition zone between the existing mine and the deep body. We are in, we are now mechanizing that part of that part of the mine, level 21 and 22. We have two jumps, two scoops uh, already in place, and uh, and also uh, in, in the in the upper part of the mine, the old mine, levels 26 to 20. We are uh, we are applying an optimization program in order to, to, uh, to improve the dilution and to get better results with the bank. We are going to start to see real results about that optimization that we are doing probably around, around uh, June, you know. Uh, the amount the, the, the of May, for example, has been very disturbing because, you know, the, corona, the coronavirus situation, you know, has created a lot of problems because, you know, the mine is in the middle of, of the three municipalities, which are, is far, 30 kilometers, 20 kilometers far from Marmato, and that creates a lot of a lot of problems with the fear of the of the mayors just to get to have a, you know, transmission of coronavirus. So we have to implement strict, more than a strict protocols to deal with that. So uh, even uh, even up today, we have not been able to you know to have the full labor force in place. Up to now, we have only about 25% of the labor force in place. This week, this week we expect that we got, we are going to incorporate you know around 75% of the labor force. Let's see. Uh, but 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 to 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 make a resume, we expect to see. The, the, the result of our optimization plans in the open mind by June, June this year. Okay, that's uh, that's that's good. Um, and then uh, my second question relates to obviously you guys have planned a, a fairly aggressive exploration program at uh, at Segovia this year. Um, maybe give us the timing. Or, well, is there has there been any impact on that because of uh, because of the coronavirus, and also uh, when do you expect the next uh, exploration update to come out? Well, uh, in uh, you know the, the, the coronavirus, the effect of coronavirus in Segovia was uh, was difficult, you know, the late late March and the mid mid of 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 April. Now in Segovia, we have uh, the the operations are about 92, 94% complete. So 94% of the labor force is in place. We still have some problems with the supervisor and mining engineers. We have to fly them from, from, from Medellin to Segovia, you know. 
following a strict bio protocol, but I can say that the operations in Segovia are uh, in normal condition, not a full 100% because the inefficiency that you have to introduce because the biosecurity protocols, like social distance, like, you know, temperatures, like cleaning, you know, they avoid the agglomeration, the people have to enter in the mining line, five meters from each, you uh, separate each one. So, you know, uh, that introduced uh, some, uh, let's say, uh, problem with the productivity. But, uh, for example, um, for example, this month, we are expecting to have, uh, the month of May, we are expecting to have uh, close or around 17,000 uh, ounces of gold. Exploration, all the, five, all, the, all the five rigs that we have in Segovia are operating. The, the, the exploration pro program did not suffer so much. So a little bit. In part, in part of April, we had only three, three million rigs. But was but uh, by the but the but the end of April we by the end of April we were already in five weeks. So uh, we do not expect uh, you know this uh, you know disruption of operation program in Segovia. Okay. Yeah, I think the only thing to add to that, Derek, is we're not certain yet when the next uh, drill results update will be. Um, it depends on the ability of ourselves to get the uh, assays through the labs, which have been largely shut down during the quarantine. Okay. Right. All right. But the, the, the program itself is, is, is only minor, only has a minor impact. That's great. Uh, thank you. Very, yep. That's all the questions for me. Thanks, guys. Great. Okay. Thanks, Derek. Once again, if you have a question, press star than one on your touchtone phone. Uh, I have a couple questions that have come in on the, uh, on the web portal. Uh, first one, uh, how much cash will be generated if all the outstanding debentures, options, warrants, would be converted into stock, uh, i.e. the outstanding base going from 61 million to the fully diluted of 89 million. Uh, the convertible debentures um, would affect, turn into shares, be no cash received on, on that, but on the options and warrants, depending on the uh, exchange rate, would probably be somewhere between uh, 60 and 65 million US. The prices range from about $2.21 Canadian up to $6.50 Canadian across the, the board. So uh, pretty much everything is either in the money or close to the money at this point. Um, there was a, a couple of questions related to the takeover bid. Um, did we say that there was a secret all cash bid from another company for Diana Goldfields? The answer to that is yes, I did say that. Um, we read in the press release on Sunday night that there was an all cash bid that had come in from another uh, party that um, hadn't been uh, spoken about previously. Um, and then the follow-up to that was why have we linked the success of the Guyana Goldfields takeover to the Gold X takeover and vice versa. The answer to that is we saw that the uh, opportunity to generate the synergies between the companies was mutually exclusive and uh, we did not want to push forward unless we had both parts of the puzzle to uh, make our plans um, work. John, any other questions today? Uh, no questions at this time. All right. Well, we'd like to thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, our contact information is available. If you'd like to uh, reach us separately after the meeting, that's uh, great. We look forward to keeping you up to date over the next few months as 
things unfold in our business. And uh, thank you for taking the time. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That concludes today's call. Thank you for participating, and you may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.